there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one cleansing page of Talmud every day. And today's pages, Sata 23 and 24, are chock full of so many fascinating observations. But none struck me more than this following one. Have a listen. And the following women neither drink the bitter water nor collect payment of their marriage contracts. A woman who confesses and says, I am defiled, and a woman with regard to whom witnesses came and testified that she is defiled, and a woman who says, I will not drink the bitter water, even if she does not confess her guilt. There seems to be, it's almost like an Ibsen play, like a whole drama in just four or five lines of Talmud. And I don't know about you, friends, but when I come across such density of beauty and truth and meaning, I pick up the phone and I call the one person who could guide us through this, our dear friend and teacher, Rabbi David Mashevkin. How are you, my friend? Liel, what an absolute joy to be able to speak with you in this really just otherworldly tractate that, you know, we have to really wrap our contemporary minds around what exactly this entire procedure is coming to do. And I think this line really has you reframe and question exactly what was the point of the ordeal of the Sota. Normally, when we think about the Sota ordeal, we look at it as a punishment. It is a punishment for the woman in this case who is you know, unfaithful or being uh, suspected of something in her marriage. And it is this line of Talmud that really has us question the model or idea of Sota as a punishment. And the reason why is because when she flat out admits it, we don't do it. We don't have her drink from these waters. If you were to ask me when is the case where she should most obviously drink from the waters, I would say he admitted, like from my favorite uh, comedy sketch show, I think you should leave. Like <laughs> you, you, you admit he admitted to like like she she admitted she 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 just said it she she committed adultery she fessed up. Why are we not in that case having her drink from the waters of the Sota? This should be the best time to Lincoln. And secondly, in this other line, Vahomeris Aini Shosa, what you just read, when she says, I don't want to drink. You know what? I'm not in the mood. I'd rather not. We don't have her drink. And she just leaves and the marriage is is finished and then it's over. So like my question is when I read these lines, it's like I thought Sota was like a punishment. Why is she able to number one opt out? And why number two, when she actually admits it, that should be the most obvious time where we force her to drink. And I think the answer goes in line with everything that we've been talking about since our very beginning of this tractate. And that is the reframing and maybe the possibility that the entire process of Sota, as kind of offending and and strange as it seems to be, is actually a procedure that is meant to create a reconciliation. It is meant to find a way to restore trust in a marriage. Now, you know, it, it's a touchy thing to talk about, but when you lose trust in somebody who you are intimately connected with. And I think there are only really two instances where where people could imagine losing trust in somebody. I think it comes with romance and it comes with religion. 
I think sometimes we lose trust in romantic spouses and romantic partners. You know, that trust isn't there anymore. It's a trust that was so nourishing, that was so real, that was so important in the commitment, and that trust now erodes. I think sometimes in our lives we have that in our religious lives. We hear things about uh, accusations or what a religious leader would have done, and like there's, it's so hard to restore that trust. And maybe the only way to restore that trust, to know for certain, to not live with with that doubt to not live, you know, picking up the phone and going through text messages and make sure to not live constantly concerned that can I really put my faith in this person? Can I really put my faith in this individual? We need to construct an ordeal that is so real, that has stakes that are so high that when she finally drinks and is found to be truthful and it's found to be real, you know she was telling the truth. You know this was real. And maybe, just maybe, the entire tractate of Sota is not about the deterioration of trust, but the length through which we must go in our own lives to find ways to restore that trust in our most intimate, most important relationships in our life. Hallelujah. Rabbi David Bashevkin, as always, thank you so much for being our guest. My absolute pleasure. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, please go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts and get your Take One t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Rusquet, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnik, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, Mark Oppenheimer, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one. Subscribe to our newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter or email us at take one at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at take one dafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for take one podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. Thank you.